Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. What a nursery rhyme for our time. Things people said would never fall apart are falling apart all around us. We live in a time when it feels like everything is coming loose. You know what I'm talking about. One evening of watching the news and you feel like the world is in chaos. You know what I'm talking about. I've talked to many of you throughout the year and you lost your job because of COVID. Projects that uh, you had uh, scheduled for 2020 were shelved due to COVID. Your company was devastated by COVID. Uh, you're tired of the lockdowns and mask wearing. Students, you're tired of doing school online. You're worried about Portland. Homicides in Portland in 2020, January, February, we had one. This year, the same two months, we had 17. January, February this year, the number of serious crimes in Portland doubled. Crime has increased in major cities all around our country. Many police officers in Portland and in cities around the country have resigned or retired because they feel like they're not supported. They're not allowed to do their jobs. And when they arrest people, often the people are let out the next day. They feel like, why should I put myself in harm's way for this? The isolation caused by stay-at-home orders have led to a huge spike in calls to mental health hotlines and an increase in suicides. Ever since college, I've been very sensitive to suicide. My roommate, my second year in college, got very depressed. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't go to class. One day I got home and the police were there. I learned that he had driven out I-84 to Crown Point and committed suicide. 1.4 million Americans attempted suicide last year. 10.3% of Americans thought about suicide. Human beings can put up with almost anything if they have hope. But if hope dies, oblivion doesn't look so bad. Like Bob Dylan sang... When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. Maybe you make no claim to be a follower of Christ and see very little hope for this world. Student, single, married, widowed, divorced, parent, empty nester. What does it take to minister and reach out to people who are losing hope feeling like everything is falling apart. I think we find the answer in Paul's final letter to Timothy. This is the third in our series of messages called Being a Minister for Christ, taken from the second book of Timothy. Second Timothy is the last letter the Apostle Paul wrote. He writes uh, as he sits in prison in Rome. He knows that Nero hates Christians, and nothing would make Nero happier than to put Paul to death. 
sensing his life will end soon, Paul turns his focus to preparing people who are going to carry on after he dies. He writes, Timothy, whom he mentored in the faith and appointed as the lead pastor of the church in Ephesus, the capital of the Roman province of Asia, to give him advice on how to minister for Christ. Since Christ calls all of us to be on mission with Jesus, wherever we go, His words are for all of us attempting to serve Christ in the world. Our purpose as a church is to inspire people to follow Jesus. If you're not a follower of Christ, we hope to inspire you to do so. We want everyone engaged with our church online or in person to be on mission with Jesus. You are called to be on mission with Jesus. So what does it mean to be on mission with Jesus? How can we do that in a world that seems to be falling apart? Apostle Paul suggests two things to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 13 to 18. First, guard the sound teaching of the Bible. Paul writes, What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Underline the word guard. It's the Greek word philoso, which means to protect something from being stolen or lost. Timothy is to recognize that the Bible gives good, wholesome teaching since it's like precious, precious treasure. It needs to be watched over and protected from false teachers who would compromise the faith and water it down. You and I must guard to see that what we believe and what we teach others is not being compromised by the teaching of our day. In our day, we are taught that the Bible is a human document like any other. And so you have to choose what to take and what to leave. Our culture also teaches that there are no moral absolutes. You decide what is right. But the Bible teaches that moral absolutes are based on God's holy character. And we find how He wants us to live in the Bible. We must not capitulate to the teaching of our day, but believe what God tells us, that God's Word is true from cover to cover, and it teaches us what is right and wrong. Now, you know it does no good to believe the Bible is great if you don't read it, so we must give, uh, make time in our schedules to read the Bible every day, 15 minutes a day, maybe, with Christ. Use our journals. Uh, the, the four people who write these journals do a fantastic job. Our family tries to go through this together every Saturday night. Uh, our girls lead us, uh, Jory and I, as we do it. Uh, we read the Bible and meditate on it. So we're transformed in our faith. George Gallup reports that only 10% of American Christians have what they call transforming faith. So Gallup does a survey, and, and they say, well, some people are just nominal Christians, name only. Some are not very involved. Maybe they show up on Easter. Some maybe attend regularly in church, but they're not transformed. 
Unless we keep our faith rooted in God's Word, we will not have anything to give people who are struggling. Paul says in verse 13 that we are to keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love. Underline, underline the word love. We believe the Bible. We believe it's true. We stand by it. But we're not militant about what we tell others. We don't want to do things that stir up fights. We're not to focus on the little details of theology, but keep our eyes on the big things that really matter, like love God, love people. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible is the infallible Word of God. You could probably find other things to add to that list. But those are just the first six things that came to mind for me. Our personal convictions and our instructions to others as we guard Paul's teaching are to be characterized by faith and love. Recent studies uh, reveal that only one out of ten people who feel called to Christian ministry at age 21, these are pastor types like me or people that go into Christian work for a 501c3, are still serving the Lord faithfully at age 65. Why do they stop? Well, I think one reason might be because they've lost their belief that the Bible is God's infallible word. I got to see this happen up close and personal during the years I was a pastor <clears throat> in the Presbyterian Church USA. Every month, I invited in about 20 uh, pastors from the Portland area, Presbyterian pastors, we would gather and talk and share and pray. We watched as other pastors, Presbyterian pastors, around our city, around our state, who no longer believed the Bible was God's infallible word and no longer believed Jesus was raised from the dead. We watched their churches flounder. I want to endure faithfully until the end so that I hear Jesus say to me someday, well done, good and faithful servant. The first thing Paul tells Timothy to be on mission with Jesus, with people in this world, is to guard the sound teaching of the Bible. The second thing he says is to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be on mission for Jesus on your own strength. Paul writes, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Now, I've mentioned this all three weeks in this series so far. I hope we continue to find this as we go through uh, this book. Paul gives Timothy the assurance he needs. He cannot hope to guard the treasure of God's good news on his own strength. He can only do it by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. You get this. You can't drive your car without turning on the ignition, utilizing the power. You understand this. You've tried to do things for God on your own strength and fallen flat on your face. But when you depend on God's power working through you, you've seen miracles. This is the amazing thing about being on mission with Jesus. We do not take on the responsibility of inspiring people to follow Jesus on our own power. We have the Holy Spirit 
living in us. Jesus was raised from the dead. We don't serve a dead Christ. He's alive. We have His power, His resurrection power available to us. Paul says, I pray that you may know His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. We have resurrection power inside us. Paul says it's one thing to know about the resurrection. It's another thing to know resurrection power. We talk more about the resurrection of Jesus. We typically talk about it one Sunday a year on Easter. And then we put it away in the drawer and we don't pull it out until the next Easter. Paul said you should be talking about resurrection power every week of the year. Paul says we have the same power which God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That's what enables us to be on mission with Jesus. Christ makes us partners, participants with him in spreading the good news about Jesus' death and resurrection. As you try to serve people this week in your family, with your employees, with your fellow workers, your teammates, your classmates, your neighbors. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you of how you can help them and what you should say to them. Every Sunday when I come here, the tech team uh, gives me a microphone. They turn it on and then they mute it, so that, and then they unmute it when I stand up to speak. Some weeks they forget to unmute it. I think they sometimes do this on purpose just to make me look silly up here. And, you know, you, you watching online, you've seen sometimes when I'm talking and you can't hear a word. When you can't hear, we say the mic is dead. But if they unmute it, they switch, switch it on, then I'm alive and you can hear me. Christ's resurrection power inside of us makes us alive and able to be on mission with Jesus. We find this twofold balance in Paul's commands to Timothy on how to be on mission with Jesus. We are to guard the good deposit with the help of the Holy Spirit. We must do our part, but we never are expected to do it on our own. We minister in dependence on the Holy Spirit. You may wonder how you can guard the good deposit of the news about Christ in a world that's falling apart. You wonder how you can guard the gospel from compromise in a world where so much in the media, big tech, Hollywood, our government, and our education system seems to be working against us. Timothy faced a similar anti-Christian culture in Ephesus. You may question God's judgment in entrusting the good news to us. Paul tells Timothy that he cannot hope to guard the gospel by himself, but he can only do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. In our next chapter, we'll see next week, uh, Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. He might as well have told a snail to be quick or a horse to fly than to tell timid Timothy to be strong. But it's not a call to Timothy to be strong in himself, to set his jaw or grit his teeth. 
but to be strong in Christ's resurrection power. Paul tells Timothy about two people who did not guard the sound teaching of the Bible and depend on the Holy Spirit, and one who did. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. Province of Asia is what we call modern-day Turkey, the Roman province of Asia, including Phygellus and Hermogenes. Now, we don't know anything about these two guys except they're mentioned here. Apparently, they were the ringleaders of deserting Paul. Uh, during his two and a half years of ministry in Ephesus, uh, Luke tells us, all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So Paul arrives in Ephesus and many people put their faith in Christ. It was an exciting time. That the church grew like wildfire. And from there, it was the capital of the province. The gospel went out all across the country. It was an exciting time. Then Paul was arrested and put in jail. Then he was let out and he came back. Then he was arrested a second time and sent to Rome. And apparently, uh, these guys said, the church is doomed now that Paul is in prison. The one bright exception appears to have been a man named Onesiphorus. Paul writes, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Apparently, he had to work pretty hard. It wasn't obvious where Paul was placed in prison. And so he had to hunt, hunt for him. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. And Ephesus had been faithful in guarding the sound teaching of the Bible. He had not deserted Paul. He didn't believe the faith was doomed. God shows us how much he trusts us by giving us the gospel to take to people that we know. You are called to be on mission with Jesus. God gives us a huge amount of responsibility, but he never leaves us alone. We must play our part in guarding the truth, studying the Bible, learning how to serve people and what to say to them. Nevertheless, in entrusting the gospel into our hands, God has not taken His hands off it. He has given us the Holy Spirit to depend on. Minister for Christ this week. Be on mission with Jesus. But remember, it does not all depend on you. You do so with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you give your life to Him and thank Him for dying for your sins. And then He gives you the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the Apostle Paul. What a great uh, uh, ministry he had. And uh, we thank You for calling him, inspiring him, and thank You for what he taught Timothy and teaches us about how we can be on mission with Your Son Jesus in this world. We want to recommit ourselves to that right now. And I invite you to pray right now, just silently, where you are. Tell Jesus you want to be on mission with him, with your family, your friends, people you see throughout the week.
or recommit yourself to doing that. And if you've never given your life to Christ, invite Him to become your Lord right now. You pray. Lord God, thank you for the awesome responsibility you have given to us to take the good news about Christ's death and resurrection to the people we know and people around the world. And so we commit ourselves to that right now. May we do it not on our own strength, but in dependence on your own.